welcome to Much More Much Here. Today, we speak with Matt and Sarah Hammett on their new documentary, Bowen's Heart, release July 14th. Thank you guys for joining us today. It is lovely to see your faces. I, um, last night, got to watch Bowen's Heart, and it was it's so inspirational. Um, I know that you guys had started chronicling via blog as soon as you received the news about Bowen and his heart at 19 weeks along. At what point did you both decide that his journey and y'all's journey needed to be filmed and the story told? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because we've had so many people over the course of the years. Um, I guess at that time, Bowen was eight years old and, you know, there were a lot of people who had followed our story from when he was born, especially uh, once ABC uh, World News put it on their nightly news. And we just got kind of an influx of people who started asking us questions about what life was like with a kid with heart disease. And so I think at some point it just hit us that we had an opportunity um, to not only do what we had been doing previously, which is just walking through these difficult times with people and just helping them along, especially Sarah with, with moms. Um, but at some point we're like, well, why don't we just show them what it's like on our marriage and our family? And maybe that would be even more helpful for them, not just tell them, but for them to see that they're not alone. So it was really Sarah's idea to pull the trigger and go for the documentary. And I thought she was crazy, but she'd supported me creatively for so many years in music. And I thought, well, you know what? I think I can get on board this vision and follow her in this one. Yeah. That's amazing. That's incredible. Uh, that's, and it, it's a touching story. It's like watching it. I like, there were so many moments of just, it was a, it was a roller coaster I was writing and mm-hmm. there was so much joy and then so much grief. And um, I, I picked out two of my favorite moments and I'm probably gonna cry. So I'm just gonna <laughs> warn you because I'm a very emotional person. Sorry. But um, I also am a mom. I have two, like I have five kids total, two that are wow. on the spectrum. Um, mm. I've got one that's mild, one that's mild moderate with severe speech delay. And then I also have a child who has kind of gone through some of the same things. And I've been through those same moments where he's got a, a vascular abnormality where his body likes to grow tumors. So it's wow. always, it's always, it's always something. So a lot of those moments really connected with me while the trauma and the suffering is different because of circumstances, it just kind of makes it seem universal, those feelings that you feel as a parent. Um, so one of my moments was where you, Matt, are sitting at the table looking at old pictures of Bowen, and you went into great detail about one specific picture. The vulnerability of sharing your heart unfiltered and in that moment was so deeply touching and profound. Do you think part of the struggle to not dig down and work through those painful memories and experiences was in part due to the obligation maybe you felt as a father and as a husband to keep being the rock for the family and keeping them safe from that storm? I definitely do think like Sarah was able maybe a little more to process some of that grief ahead of time. I think she was allowed herself to kind of feel 
a lot of the what ifs and the maybes. And I think I did try to guard myself from that in a way, because I think I felt like as a father, maybe one of the gifts I could give was to just remain full of faith that things would work out, you know? And I think I, I didn't want to believe and I don't, I don't think it's really founded. Like no one made me feel this way, but I think it's just a natural thing to feel like, well, maybe, maybe if I believe enough, maybe if I hope enough, maybe if I just keep charging along, everything will be just fine. And part of that too, is also that self-protection of not wanting to stop and face what could be reality as well and process right. that because that is it's hard work it's really hard work and i think sarah's really good at that work and she's been teaching me over the past 20 years of marriage how to do that work a little better but it is hard work yeah and i definitely was trying to just stay vigilant and steady as a, as a father and husband yeah i wanted i wanted to seem strong you know yeah and that's that's kind of the feeling that i got from that wasn't that you were actively avoiding it as much as for personal it was more so trying to maintain the study you know uh is is how I felt whenever you were sharing that um and in that moment you also made mention of not realize like realizing that you weren't giving your full heart to Bowen because of you know your inability to to live in that present moment because you were stuck in the future or stuck in the past that you didn't really want to dig into. Yeah. So have you found yourself after having these realizations that while painful, you are freer? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, I definitely think more so than the first time around. I think you engaged hard moments, you were more present when you, I could tell you wanted to fly away and not be present during those moments. You definitely like, I could watch you force yourself to stay engaged and it was, and then it became more natural. So I would say more so for sure. Yeah. And I think I'm still asking the question all the time. It's like, it's a question for all of us, not just in the face of having a child you know like which you understand um with some sort of challenge you know whether it's physically or mentally or whatever it is they're going through those struggles that we deal with with our kids um of just kind of wanting to yeah to to like can i keep giving my heart to something that will break it over and over again we always have to keep asking ourselves can i be vulnerable can i keep giving can i keep opening my life can i keep having the hard conversations can i keep investing um, not just to get by, but in deeper ways and more profound ways. And I think, you know, that question really was a big one with Bowen over the years, but it also has filtered into my marriage and my relationship with, with my other kids. It's like, even sometimes, you know, just involved in projects that are extremely hard, but meaningful, like, can I keep giving the best of myself, um, or, or what I have to give? Um, to the best of my abilities to this person or this project or this season that is so hard knowing it will hurt me in some way. That's uh, it's a hard part of humanity to deal with, you know? It really is. And I can relate to that because 
you know, you, you come, you go through and you're like, I'm having kids and you have all of these hopes and expectations of living life like you did when you were a kid and having those same experiences like high school. And, you know, I think that at some point you have to mourn that predestined future that you had planned out. Yeah. And it, it, it's a grieving process and it's yes. very painful. Um, and so I went through that same thing as well. Um, and it was one of those moments that once I realized, okay, well, this isn't about me and my wants for him. This is about him and, you know, his normal, because there's no such thing as normal, you know? Um, so my mama heart, there was a moment where I broke down, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I had to pause the movie and I had to have a complete utter sob to just mm. get these emotions out. But there's a particularly raw moment where you speak with nurse Becky, who calls for the pre-op instructions and lists off every little thing that needs to be done for Bowen down to the Heath cleaning routine. And I'm going to cry. I'm not going to cry. Um, <laughs> All right. You so clearly share your heart, but not just your heart. You share a mother's heart. Yeah. The guilt that we inherit when we become mothers, the worry, the constant running of what ifs. And I found myself that being in the present when so much of the future is a coin toss is hard. Were you able to be in the present? Yeah, I would say I could be in the present. Like with um, Bowen, every moment before his surgery, I was just talking to another mom about this because she has a heart kid too. And when you hand them over to go on bypass and they turn off his whole body, you have to be you have to be as ready as you can to maybe not get him back the same or maybe not get him back at all. And right. so I did feel like I cherished everything down to clipping his toenails. I mean, I remember thinking like, I, don't, I think, you know, just every moment, smell him, you know, hold him, look at his, memorize him, you know. And so I do think I was able to slow down. I do think the documentary was like, it was interesting. It was a good way for us to be present because we were living our life. We didn't get too busy with other things because we had the doc and they came really, gosh, it was probably six weeks before the surgery and then walked with us through it. So I do feel like we were present. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so. I think you were, but Man, it still it was it was weird doing the documentary. You know, at some point it was like it was kind of even like we were in the in the room seeing him for the first time after the surgery. Just you know, having them there, it was kind of surreal. It was a very strange, even but watching it back is really interesting to see it from the other side. That was probably the most surreal experience about. Um, I think because we were so drawn in to those moments even deeper than before, because his first two surgeries was when he was very young. And so, you know, we didn't know him. He wasn't the same, like ingrained into our family as much. Yeah. So I think 
the investment was so much deeper naturally that way this time around because he's eight years old. And for our other kids, yeah. to be honest. Like his little brother had never walked that with him. The girls yep. were older. He's knit into the fabric of us, you know, deep. So yeah. I think that forced us both at that age um, to really get pulled in more emotionally. Yeah. And be more present, you know, than the first times when he was I would just say a baby. for you, especially. Yeah. For me, it's always been that um, I was always hyper vigilant. I wouldn't uh-huh. leave for anything, not for any other child, not for my husband. I mean, I was yeah, a rock, like, like, or a thick, I was affixed next to his bed and I would not even take a break where I probably should have taken a break, <laughs> you know? And <laughs> like, so, can we take a walk? She's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, got a dying baby here. <laughs> I understand so, that though. Like yeah. I, I do, I get that. Cause I, I was that way with my, with, it's one of those just innate things, I guess that's just ingrained in us to where we're just like, okay, we can't, we've got to be here. We can't leave. And yeah. we, it's, it, it almost reminds me of a mother elephant with her baby that is injured. That mother elephant yeah. does not leave, will not leave to eat, to get no. water, nothing. Let me ask you a question. You said that, um, you could resonate with the film. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the reasons I think as I've sort of processed why we did the film, I think there's like, you know, there's layers of why we did it. But one was so that families with chronic illness could feel seen. And that's one thing I keep hearing from families that have chronic illness or chronically ill kids is they feel like they're being seen through our film, which I'm like, that's it. That's what I wanted. I wanted you to feel seen, you know? Yeah. And I totally did. That was like, like I said, I had to pause and it was, it helped me work through my own stuff at the same time, which was a beautiful thing. Um, I don't know if you guys, this is a weird example, but the movie or the show Atypical that was on Netflix, I watched that, but we used it as a tool and we would pause it because it was about a coming of age uh, boy who was on the spectrum and he wow. was trying to navigate high school and dating and all of this stuff. And it was like, okay, this situation happened. Pause that. Let's talk about how this could possibly happen, what we would do in that case. And in watching the documentary, it kind of basically did the same thing that you or didn't want to do, Matt. <laughs> it kind of yeah. challenged me to dig within myself and to find that healing that I didn't realize I needed because it kind of put it out there and it made it, it was so raw, so real and so emotionally driven and powerful that it had me, you know, trying to figure out where I am in the grand scheme of things. And at what point am I at in my journey? And have I healed from this? Do I need to work on this? Do I need to focus on being more present? Um, and it was actually recently, like within the last couple of years that I realized I need to be present and I can't just be worried about the future and sad about the past because life is passing me by. Um, and so it was really poignant to see that while our journeys and reasoning for those journeys are different, it's universal and that's what connects us. Yeah. And yeah. it was the most beautiful experience. And I got 
like I, I'm gonna go watch it again because <laughs> like I was studying it you know I was like Aww. okay I've got the interview so I've got to study these things and I've got to look at the fine details of things like I noticed the word redemption which I thought was great yes. at the ticket counter I was like look at that we yeah. put that on unintentionally yeah. yeah yeah like I was picking up on all of these small things and I yeah. saw it and I was like that is a beautiful moment yeah. and um so, but that does lead me to asking because the cinematography and the music selection was just awe-inspiring and it enhanced the emotional connections that I had um, to you and to Bowen. Um, so was this a coordinated effort between the reads and yourself in picking out how you angled shots, the music that you chose and things like that? Yeah. So Zach really was the mastermind behind the cinematography. Zach Reed, you know, and um, his uh, wife, Flexi, who was also his, the co-director and producer. And they're just brilliant. They came from NBC doing a short documentary for NBC Online Today Show and um, had made awesome documentaries just about the human experience. And we had shared a similar story with them where they had had a child with heart disease who sadly did not survive. When Sarah reached out to them um, to do the, the, the film, we were really pleased partly because we had seen Zach's visual work and it was so moving. And so, yeah, Zach really, I mean, took so much time and care in making sure that he was getting those shots, like you're saying, from just the right angle and just the right lighting. And even like when he, or he even ordered the, um, oh, yeah. the, the water capsule to get the underwater shots in the pool. And I loved know, was, those. Yeah. Those were amazing. It made, yep. it, it was like this freeing buoyant, like feeling yeah. that I got from it was just he was alone in his own safe space kind of thing yeah. while all this was going on. And I loved those water shots. Yeah. And he also set up, you know, like the shots where the projectors behind Bowen putting all the light around. The lights. And, yes. So he just, he was brilliant. Um, and then that gave me a really awesome kind of palette to work with when I was creating the music, you know, I actually, wrote and, and uh, recorded all the original music except for the final uh -huh. track. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was a really, it was, <laughs> it was a long heartfelt uh, work for all of us, you know, and the music for sure. Like I just wanted to make sure it was right. And I had never scored a film before. And so that was actually my first time doing that. And for it being so personal, I wanted it to feel just right and i wanted to i wanted to feel unique i didn't want it to feel overproduced i also didn't want it to feel underproduced you know it was mm -hmm. like but i just wanted to carry exactly the right emotions into it as a father being able to use my musical gift to help elevate the story and you know so it means a lot to hear you say that you noticed that as an element that really um meant something on the journey of the film to you because um it was yeah, it was, it was, it was a labor of love. <laughs> the music was. Yeah. I could tell every piece, every, every second of this documentary was just so full of love. Yeah. 
and compassion and just, it was just beauty. It was, there's, there's something so surreally beautiful about this, this piece. And it's probably one of my favorite things, like my favorite films I have ever seen, quite honestly, oh, in my entire thank life. You so much. <laughs> thank you. That's so so nice. everybody needs to watch it because it also did get the selection for Nashville yeah. Film Festival for 2020. So you're not going to be disappointed. Nashville Film Festival is amazing. But um, so I have one more question before I let you guys go. You both did such an amazing job highlighting the difficulties with Bowen's siblings, feeling overshadowed by the needs Bowen, you know, had and has. The sacrifices that they gave um, are monumental. And while as adults are better equipped to cope mentally, emotionally, physically, children in general lack that range of tools. How did you guys support Emerson, Claire, and Lewis during this time? Well, I mean, we did our best, you know, and I'm sure I always tell people like, we're doing the best we can. We've never been parents before. And then to be parents of healthy and sick kids is, is complicated. Mm -hmm. And so I think we try to constantly, sorry, (laughs) they're making food behind us. We have 10 kids in the house right now, just so you know, and they're being very quiet. quiet. We have all the neighbors in the house. We said, don't you make a noise. (laughs) I did that with my five. So don't feel bad. Yeah. So there was a noise, but, um, I would say like, how does, I'm trying to think a quick answer to that. I mean, we often give them verbal affirmation all day long. We hold them. We're affectionate with them. We tell them the the ways they enhance our family. Um, I feel like we do that all the time. Like, you know, we'll say to Emmy, you're a great leader and you're such a sweet girl and we're so proud of you for this and that. And so during that time, I would say we probably did even more. Well, I'll give you, I'll give Sarah credit because she was the one who said this documentary really has to have a strong undercurrent of the siblings and what's happening behind the scenes. And then how do we bring that to the forefront to show what they're going through and you know, hopefully do our very best to model to other parents going through this, you know, that we're not perfect at it, (laughs) but that, you know, we do our best, like she said. And I think since then too, we've continued to try, but one just got a make a wish a couple weeks ago. Oh, what do you do? (laughs) He actually asked for a tiny home trailer and they totally made him one. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was this awesome gift and just unreal. You know, we never expected them to actually do that. And, um, but you know, the other siblings have to watch Bowen receive Mm -hmm. some, a special thing, you know, and even going through that, like just dealing with, especially, you know, little brother, (laughs) uh, like, yeah, I did notice that in the film Yeah, little brother had a bit more of issues just because he's not been through this whole thing before and he doesn't quite have that understanding yet yeah a lot of it's like was letting him feel even now letting him feel saying you have permission to feel sad right about this and to to work through all these things now we're not gonna let you act out and right misbehave because of those feelings but we will let you have your feelings right and you can talk to us about it and you can recognize it and we're not going to pretend they don't exist because it is hard mm-hmm. you know and um those are still conversations we're learning to refine the girls have less of a hard time about it it's they walked the first part with us mm-hmm. 
and I don't know they and because he's their little brother he seems to be able they seem to be able to cope with it easier they tend to be more emotional about the fragility of his life I mean that's really hard for them in fact they'll just randomly when they see him maybe struggling like you know he'll go through seasons where he you can see his heart disease a little more Mm -hmm. and the girls I watch them like press into him hold him hug him watch movies with him more like like I can watch them kind of process and want to be with him more so that's that that was a beautiful thing and you guys did do that really well was being able to talk to like Emily and um Claire and seeing how they both handled things differently like the they come the one of them will come to you and you know you guys will talk and cry the other one won't and kind of shuts down a little just to kind of self-preserve but she also you know, Clara does understand the weight of it. And she, you know, so it was really interesting to see that dynamic and how they all were able to kind of make peace with it within themselves. And, um, and, and you have a beautiful family. Your kids are just so fun and hilarious. Like (laughs) there was some moments where I was like the horse when he died. I was just thinking before that you're our first interview, like recently. And we haven't watched the doc in a year. Like we should probably sit down and watch it. Yeah, I <laughs> was watching nine months. That. It's been a it's while. Been a while, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got four boys and one girl, so I saw that part and I just died because I was like, "Yeah, that's a boy for you." That's yeah, like yeah. <laughs> he is so funny. <laughs> He's, He's hilarious. Great. He's a joy. He um, is. So, how is Bowen doing now? Yeah, he's been, uh, you know, well for his circumstances. We still take him for his yearly checkup. We still know there's possibilities for other treatment in the future, um, other surgeries. You know, we've seen several people, a lot of people in his situation who've had to get heart transplants. Um, and there's some other things that come with it. Overall, um, it's just kind of that day-to-day trying to keep our antennas up to make sure nothing's going wrong. Um, but he's doing, the doctors have told us that every visit that he's doing extremely well for what he's lived with and what he's been through. And, um, so we're kind of in a, hopefully in a, in a sweet spot right now. Feels like it. Feels like that. It, yes. Know? That's awesome. So you guys have the blog Bowen's music album that is out. Yep. You've got the heart documentary, Bowen's heart documentary, whole hearts foundation, various gospel ministries and marriage retreats that's a full plate so what's next for the mighty hammock crew (laughs) we just did a reality show it's pretty funny on liftable yeah it's really funny there's the yeah liftable tv is like a independent streamer and Mm -hmm. they hired us to do uh six episode or yeah six episode series called the hammocks band together so that was fun um gosh always working on creative projects all the time i don't know i'm i've been talking to sarah about 2023 you know like all right what's what's next for us and we'll no, see, we'll see. <laughs> we're very fluid like we're like we just go wherever that you know, flexibility right us. there <laughs> kind of have to go with the role you know like you don't know what the next train stop's gonna be so yeah we'll wait for that inspiration to strike you know yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for talking with me. I appreciate you guys and everything yeah. that you've done 
with the documentary and how it's going to be life-changing for a lot of people. It changed my life. So it's going to be life-changing for so many people out there. And so thank thank you you for sharing your hearts, being willing to be vulnerable uh, to help others out there that are in similar situations.